It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. hoping your drive was a little less tedious than mine, that things are going a little smoother, and that you do get to your destination on time. I did. Kind of took Don Miller's advice to heart. I left early, 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 and it still took me quite a bit of time to get here, but glad to be here. Hope you're okay where you are. As we navigate our way through a stormy Wednesday morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. And Jeff Howe will be along shortly. Our producer, Cameron Parker, who, like me, had to roll in from Williamson County this morning. Take you a while to get here, like it did me. Did it take you not a, a lot of rolling, Craig. A lot of stopping. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of stop, start, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hope everybody got where they're going. I mean, and, and obviously, uh, from what I was hearing from Don Miller, uh, it was a lot more than just north uh, there. Although there were a lot of storms rolling through um, Williamson County uh, when I got up real early this morning, it was starting to roll through and. My dog got really scared. She's not, she in the past has not really let thunder and storms bother her. She's 10 years old now, so it's starting to bother her a little mm. bit. So she, she's kind of shivering a little bit and all that kind of stuff. She, so that's when I do, okay, it's getting pretty stormy here, and it did, uh, but made it through okay and hope everybody else was able to do as well because it's, uh, you know, it's a little. A little risky out there if you're not paying attention. So you got to, you know, be on your toes and watch where you're going and what you're doing and all that sort of stuff to make sure that you make it through uh, okay. Uh, we are here. We are okay. And as I mentioned, Jeff Longby, Jeff, excuse me, will be along shortly as well. But there are things to get to on the program today. Uh, there is Longhorn Baseball to review. They did win last night, and now they get ready. It's, it's a pretty quick flip turnaround and they will play uh, tomorrow night at UFC Udish Far Field against Kansas State. They'll play the Wildcats, and uh, we'll have that for you uh, here on the Horn tomorrow night. Also, uh, Longhorn football continues its work. There's some sound we'll hear from uh, Sark. Uh, remember, he was at the availability yesterday that uh, – uh, Jeff Howell's at, and uh, we'll have uh, more on that, and certainly more on that coming as we uh, navigate our way through our Longhorn Notebook at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we do have Inconceivable, so we've got a couple of Inconceivable items to get to. And uh, do you, by the way, Cameron, do you, is today an Inconceivable day for you? Do you have you have anything to offer today? Nothing yet, but I'm okay. sure I can find some stuff. Okay, all right. Uh, by the way, I, I mentioned yesterday – 
when uh, Ken Parker, who of course is one of our resident golf nicks here, and 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 I think just about all of us in the building love golf. Um, you know, there's those of us who are not good at it, like me. I enjoy me. it. What, what, what do you do? You keep a handicap. Uh, I haven't this year because I hadn't been able to play during football season because right. I got so busy. I right. think um, at my best, I was about a, a six to eight handicap. Right now, I'm probably closer to a 12. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> 12 handicap 12 and you're not good. Come on. Come on. You know, I play four to five rounds a year, if that, when on vacation. So I tell people on a good day, I'm a 25er. Yeah. <laughs> on a good day. So so that's okay. Uh, I enjoy it. I don't I don't get too caught up in, you know, if I miss a shot or make a double bogey on a hole, which there happens frequency, frequently. So I don't I don't really worry too much about that. I, I, I feel decent about making a bogey. I feel really good when I make a par on that. So yeah. all about having fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And fun, obviously, to follow the Masters. Is that your favorite of the four majors? Yeah, I think so. Is it really? Okay. I, I, I mean, because I know it is for a lot of the guys, uh, not just here in the building, but, but uh, you know, a lot of a lot of folks in the U.S. with the, the history that, that goes by. What is it Jim Nance says? Other than hello, friends, a tradition mm. uh, unlike any other, yep. I believe. Um I really enjoy the Masters. It's not my favorite of the majors, but, oh, okay. but I really enjoy it. What's I, your favorite? It's always been the Open Championship. Okay. It has to be either the Open or yeah. the Masters. I, I think so because of birthplace of golf and everything mm-hmm. like that. I And I understand some folks saying it was it was one time the, the old uh, golf writer from the Dallas Morning News years ago, Harless Way, used to say if if the uh, if St. Andrews the course, if you transplanted the golf course of St. Andrews to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, it'd be a $2 muni in mesquite, mm. is, is what he used to say because the way it's laid out. But it's about the history, the contour, the wind, uh, so many other things that that uh, that are a part of uh, St. Andrews and, and really all of the Rota, all of the uh, – uh, uh, the open rotation courses, you know, w- we commonly refer to it as the British Open, but it's really the Open Championship. Uh, I do like the U.S. Open, but the U.S. Open is, I think, more punitive than rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way the USGA likes it. Yeah. They like it to be about as stern a test at golf as you could possibly have, or winning scores in the uh, black numerals are, are commonplace and they don't have a problem with with guys winning the Open Championship or winning the U.S. Open Championship with an over par score. Um, so uh, it can. It, it, when I watch the U.S. Open and I see guys struggle, I think I'd have 150 on that yeah. course. You know that that kind of thing. You know, it just it just would be incredibly difficult to do that. And, it's not always enjoyable to watch. Yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, and then the PGA can be just kind of the opposite really depending on the golf now now they do a good job of putting it on some on some tough golf courses uh they do i mean you play a pga at southern hills it could be difficult you play it at wing foot it could be difficult um that sort of thing but but they also put it at some places that they try out and sometimes the guys just tear it up yep so so that's it's it's a different feel of course the pga is different now that it's gone back to like it did in the 60s and 70s, being between the Masters and the U.S. Open, playing it in May, 
and instead of it being in August, because it just got too darn hot mm-hmm. to play in August and virtually anywhere unless you went up to, say, maybe to Whistling Straits or, you know, went to some place up north in a northern climate. Even then, sometimes it might be humid. It might be difficult as well. So I think the PGA is probably, of the, the four uh, major championships, probably sits at a solid number four in most folks' mind. I think so. I think I, I think so uh, as well. Um, our, our, my co-host, of course, is the pride of Northwest Williamson County. That's a shame, by the way. That and uh, I'm the pride of any area of this great state. He is certainly a proud graduate of Florence High School. Oh, there's no doubt about that. You know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24/7, Jeff Howe. And I'm about to ask him a question I've never asked. Can I ask you guys a question before before you? Let do me that? ask my question first. All okay. right, uh, my question doesn't pertain to what you're about to ask, but I know exactly. That's why I want to go ahead okay. and get to. I'll clear the deck of this. Is there is there a golf course anywhere around where you grew up in Florence? Is the closest ones the ones at Sun City? Uh, yeah, those. But see, that wasn't until I was in high school. Pro- yeah. I, I mean, probably Colleen Municipal. Wow, because there's lots of wide open space out there, you know, Colleen, in Northwest Williamson yeah, County, yeah, uh, Southern I think so. Bell County, yeah. you know. Which man, if you honestly like, if you look at, kind of map off a corridor from like 487 to 195 like yeah. there's a swath of land in there yeah. i don't know why nobody's built a golf course yeah. out there especially now that you got the vineyard out there all 40 absolutely be perfect out there that's that's why i just kept to thinking about it. i thought I, I, I didn't ever remember seeing a golf course out there and since you grew up in the region that's why i thought i would ask that well question. i take that back mill creek in salado probably that's as close wow yeah yeah okay, okay. that's like 20 25 minutes Sun City's closer to Florence than Mill Creek. Yeah, but like I said, later. Mill Creek was around before the Sun City course. That's was true. And uh, and now what? Especially Sun- living in Andes, like the Sun City course is like ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, and now that's um, that's uh, the the uh, the the golf courses there at Sun City are now private. Yeah, Cameron was telling me that. The other yeah, day. right. Used to be able to play White Wing yeah. and what's the name of the Down Creek? Yeah, and now and now those are those are private. Uh, whereas Mill Creek, you can get a tee time and go play Mill Creek in Salado, right? It's yeah. a daily fee course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I did that, there, I'd, I'd pass a lot of good courses on my way. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Okay. You had a question. Yeah. Why does it smell like cat pee in the studio? Did you make a trip up to Gerald recently or something? No, that know. would be, I, I'm, I like where you're thinking, like deductive reasoning would tell you that that's probably the most likely answer, but no, just like, I don't know. Bucky was sitting here, and there's this bag of stuff he left here. Oh, it smells <laughs> like it's kind of a little, little uh, waft of cat urine passing by my nostrils. Okay, okay, all right. Well, okay. Uh, so I'll tell you I, that during the break. Yeah. Right okay, you could do that. Somebody said I, I think they meant to say the Colleen course. It's got Killers course is now called Stone yeah, Tree. Yeah, they, they've redone it, uh, upgraded old Colleen Muni here in the last few years. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, it, it, somebody said, is it me or does Don Miller sound like Patrick Davis from uh, the afternoon show? I was driving yes. in earlier and I was like, why is Patrick Davis doing traffic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess there's a, a similarity. When I first met Patrick, I was like, oh, you do the traffic updates, right? And he's like, no, that's Don Miller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. T- uh, two tracks, though, Craig, that I, I've frequented in my adult years have been closed. Quail Creek down in San Marcos. Uh-huh. And then there was there used to be a nine hole Texas State course 
that's now been wiped out. There are intramural fields there now. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Some so, nice-looking intramural fields. Someone right? asked me the question, what about Berry Creek in Georgetown? That's in my neck of the woods. It's in my neighborhood, in fact. That's a private club. When are you going to invite Cam up there to play? Well, it, first of all, inviting Cam to play would require being a member. Ah, uh, okay. Okay? I'm not a member. I figured. At least not yet, anyway. Okay. I haven't. I haven't been a little busy. Like I said, I play four to five rounds of golf a year. Would it really be worth a country club membership to do that? Do they really? For If you apply for a membership there, do they really need to run that up the flagpole? They just can't rubber stamp that right off the bat? Oh, stop. <laughs> Seriously, Craig, come on. I have played the golf course, but it, but it's been a long, long time. It was um, uh, once uh, my former father-in-law, when my when uh, when my first wife, when when she was alive, uh, and and the in-laws, uh, they lived. I've told the story about how now that I bought the house that they used to own, and um, so I, I I played that golf course with him one time, and then one time he asked me if I would be a to your point, quote unquote, celebrity or whatever, and they had a, they had a fundraising golf tournament. There you go for something. So I did. I I I came out there. So I think I played it twice. That sort of thing. Not an easy golf course. Hey, is a Cimarron Hills in Georgetown? Is that a public course or a private course? Very private. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I take it you've never played Cimarron Hills. Not yet. Okay. I remember going out. This one was working obviously at the other place when uh, when the plans were first laid out, and of course it's a Jack Nicholas design. Mm-hmm. And Jack Nicholas himself showed up, and we went out there for a press conference. It was great. Yeah, the Golden Bear. Yeah, in in person. So it, it was great there when they were building Cimarron Hill. So there's beautiful golf course country out there. There's, uh, it's God's country. Yeah. Uh, Cooter says, Craig lives in Berry Creek? Dang, I didn't realize radio paid <laughs> Well, it didn't. It, there were there were a sequence of events that allowed the thing to happen the way it I'll did. The fifth on that part of that part of that was uh, selling the large house where I raised my four kids uh, with my wife in in Cedar Park. So it all it all ended up working out uh, off of the deal. Uh, somebody said I knew Bucky was older, but actually old. No, dude, I don't think Bucky urinated in here. If that's what your question is. Um, and someone else said, I had no idea Quail Creek closed. Yeah. That's where the 2A Regional Region 4 was held back when I was in high school. I got smoked my sophomore year by two guys in my group, defending state champ and a runner-up from the previous year. Yeah, it is. Uh, pour one out for Quail Creek. <laughs> yeah. Eagle Scout says Quail Creek was notorious for losing a golf ball in the middle of the fairway due to crevice-sized cracks. Mm. Lack of water was their downfall. Uh, definite lack of water, definite, definite fairway issues. Definitely the kind of course where you got to watch for uh, snakes in the rough. Mm. Yeah. Uh, somebody else said, I used to love both of those courses in San Marcos. I wish Quail Creek was still open since I live in Kyle now. It was actually a cool track. The Texas State course was fun as well. It was good for beginners. Yes, it was. Novice players like myself. <laughs> okay. Um, somebody asked, doesn't Nolan Ryan live at Cimarron Hills? I think he did at one time. Yeah. I don't know if he does anymore. Okay. I actually thought... I actually thought he lived in your neighborhood at one time, too, Craig. I thought Nolan Ryan was a resident of Berry Creek. I never knew that. Never heard that. Our good friend Gene Watson used to be. Okay. The assistant GM Maybe of the Maybe I'm imagining Royals. things. He, he, failing to remember. He, he has since moved, but but he did used to live there. Uh, Bizarro Dale Dudley says, I surveyed that course in Cimarron many moons ago. We met Nolan Ryan out there, too. Hell of a good guy. Yes, he is. Hey, would you like to know who our guy Belton Gringo is taking for uh, his master's pick? Who's he like? He's uh he's going with he says he's going with D's nuts to Oh okay. <laughs> That's Masters. nice. 
Nice. Shout out to Belton Gringo. All right. Ran into him last week. Yeah, so. you did. Oh, yeah, you, you were out. I ran into Belton Gringo when I was at Car Traders of Austin. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with Belton Gringo because there was a time he was an angry I don't know if he's a young man. You you met him. Is he was he a young, angry young man? Angry older dude? Angry say, middle aged guy? We'll just say an an angry man. Okay, he was an angry man for a I, while. I can't I can't really age date. Okay, Belton Gringo. Okay, he was he was he was an angry guy, and we we could saw we saw it from the the list of all of his texts to us, and when we pointed that out to him, he said, "I'm going to make some changes." And he he told me he he's making a concerted effort. That's to, cool. To kind of mellow out a little bit. I, I, I salute him for that. That's, but hey, that, that's good. Just like Nick Saban, I appreciate a good D's nuts joke. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> out there. Absolutely. Nick Saban did do that. Uh, I like hikes as we delivered pizza to the Ryan family on Super Bowl Sunday back in 2004 in Cimarron Hills. There you so, go. Yeah. So that was back to that. Uh, Wags admitted on the air he has taken a dump and urinated in the studio on different. No, he hasn't. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Maybe the only dump, dog. The only studio dump that I know of was the remnants of Deuce Gate. Yeah, but that wasn't done in the studio. That was the bathroom that led to No, Deuce Gate was the the incident we had over oh, here. Oh, with the, the dog. Yeah. With the dog. That was I'm saying no human waste was deposited in this studio. Man, if there was That would be just There would be a large number of us who would have a difficult time coming to work here without assurances and, and that's things a, of that nature. That's a turn-in-your-key-card offense, right? Yeah. I would think. John and the bases tell CDC to put Stanford on the football schedule. I'll get you guys on at the Olympic Club. Wow. That would be worth John, I might just fly out there on my own to do that. <laughs> I'm sure Wags wasn't talking about when, you know, the, uh, the snowpocalypse happened over two years ago and it was – Allegedly, pancake stacking in the bathroom. Oh, that's bad. The plumbing field. I'll be uh, your plus one for that, Craig. Well, yeah, how about Olympic that? Club? Oh man, um, Fred Yates. Somebody had said the superintendent, who uh, was big part of the building of the three Sun City courses, is now at Bandon Dunes in Oregon. Oh wow, how about that? That's, that's pretty exciting stuff there. So yeah, um, uh, CB wanting to know. Um, Jeff, how can you breathe if you smell cat pee? We had cats when we first moved to Austin, namely female cats. I hated that smell, the worst smell ever. I don't smell it over here, but I've it had trouble with allergies. My nose. Okay. And I've had issues with allergies lately anyway, so you know. So I've got still... that rabbit in the house now, so I'm smelling all kinds of <coughs> Yes. Yeah, my, my, my sniffer's working overtime. Yeah, it is. Have you had to clean up much rabbit pellet? I have no so idea far? rabbits poop so much. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, Rabbits just, yeah, they drop it everywhere. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, one of those candy machines, like you turn the nickel in. Yeah, and you yeah, put yeah, and you get a handful it, you get of. A, uh, like a handful of chiclets or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, a rabbit's south end is like one of those gimmicks. Yeah. Very illustrative of you. He, you know, I, I have to, the, by the way, Charlotte named the, uh, Charlotte named the rabbit Parsley. So par- Parsley. Parsley the rabbit. Okay. So I let him out of his cage yesterday just to get some, you know, time running around the house, let him get some exercise. Yeah. And he just just stood on this like sat on his haunches on the carpet on mm. the living room carpet for a good 30 30 45 seconds because you knew what he was and he's doing. like his jaws are working overtime i mean he looks like he's in deep thought and then he ran off and i'm like there's just a big pile of yeah pellets sitting there I'm like, oh yeah how can something so small just do that much yeah leave that much remnants behind uh-huh. you leave somebody caged up for long enough they're gonna you know 
They're going to drop deuces well, everywhere. Well, he's got uh, he's got a receptacle in his cage where he can do his business, but I guess he'd rather do it on the yeah. Would you want to do it in your bed? I mean, you know, I give our, I give our dog grief because I'm I, I tell Daisy she's the only animal in the house that doesn't have a result the only being in the house that doesn't have a receptacle to <laughs> use the restroom is she just she gets free reign of the yard oh gosh uh all right um so um somebody says has has anyone checked to see if anyone's using a cleaning product with ammonia they tend to have similar smells see that could be part of that yeah yeah that cat pee does have that kind of ammonia yeah, it's nasty. Smell that that. Uh, like cleaning the cat litter box is easily the most disgusting activity I partake in every week. Well, Buhika says, Jeff, you have to build an outdoor pen. I raised them for FFA. They're not ideal indoors. Well, you know, he's he's about six weeks old, so we're we're pro- making progress towards that. Toward that end, somebody else said, I heard you can train rabbits to use a litter box. We're, we're what seeing- I would pay to see you training a rabbit? Man. That would, that's, that's, that's worth <laughs> hey, watching. I, here's the deal with the rabbit. This was the rabbit deal. When Tamara brought it up to me and Charlotte really wanted the rabbit, I said, we can get the rabbit. Rabbit maintenance is you two. I'll handle cat and dog. I'll continue to handle rabbit maintenance is all, that's all y'all. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Two items on my bingo card says Victor, uh, rabbit and, uh, chiclet pellets. Yeah. yeah, they're parsley pellets in Joe number two. There yeah, the parsley pellets there. Uh, somebody else said, hey, uh, uh, did you know rabbits eat their own poop? There's a certain enzyme in it that helps them with their digestive process. Now, go have some breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to transition out of that and talk about some other things. Um, just that's all we'll have to say about. I did that. have to. I did have to stop the dog from trying to eat. Uh, Ooh. Well, they're dogs. I mean, yeah, they know. sniff. They're curious. Yeah, I mean, my dog. We let her out in the morning, and I told you where I live over in Berry Creek. There is a profusion and an abundance of deer. They're mm-hmm. everywhere. Roger Wallace was just amazed by it the, when we were driving back from the airport in Colleen late Sunday night, and he had parked his car. I told him just park at my house. We're going to car up there and so we did right. so we're pulling through the neighborhood and i said i gotta be careful and you know that road you turn off of off 195 um shell road oh yeah all right so to go the back way into my house you turn on shell road and and go down and hang a left on shell spur so you go in that back way and and i said now there's deer all around here this is why we go slow this was the road where linda clipped the deer um and so we turn and uh yeah, there was, uh, they were everywhere. <laughs> so, Trust me, after living in that part of the, the, the area for most of my life, they're deer you to see be a problem. And, uh, and so going through there, you know, deer regularly trespass through all of the yards in our neighborhood. So sometimes there's leftover deer poop, sometimes. Uh, and so my dog, when she goes out, if I take her out front, she's got to go to this one corner of the yard that the deer seem to really favor so <laughs> even though i don't see it a lot of times it, yeah. but, but she'll go over there because she's smelling like because like you said dogs they like to smell those things right they just do all right um ammonia smell somebody said uh, check out a chicken house and a no thank you yeah so 
Uh, that's that's all that is. Uh, so somebody, my, my wife's grandfather uh, had turkey farms when she was growing up. So you know when you had yeah. not all the turkeys are going to survive. So part of your job is you yeah. got to go around the turkey house and right dispose of the dead, the yeah. dead turkeys, yeah. the dead chicks. So and Angela Horn already angry with us saying that. Slow sports day, I guess. Twenty five minutes in. <laughs> we started to do some things. We get it. We get off the track. We come back on. We it's got the two, way we got the show hours. rolls. It's not. We're talking sports twenty four seven. This is what we do. We talk. For- That's not us. I'm sorry, it isn't. Now we are going to talk some Longhorn stuff coming up. We're going to yeah. hear. We're going to hear from David Pierce. And the foosball with Sark. Uh, yes, we're going to have some foosball with Sark. We're going to hear from Ryland Galvan as well. You ever talk to Ryland Galvan? Nope, not he, yet. Yeah, and we hadn't either until yesterday. Uh, and he actually said to Ty Harrington, I've never done anything like this before. And he was actually pretty good. So uh, nice. we'll we'll have that uh, coming up in. And... Uh, so, now, uh, Angela Horn, you're incorrect. You said, man, almost 30 minutes in. Y'all haven't mentioned any sports stories. Not correct at all. I opened the show and said we were going to discuss the Longhorns' victory. We were going to talk football. We were going to hear from Coach Sark. We've talked about the Masters. I didn't even realize Cam, you were wearing the Masters shirt Yeah, he's today. got a Masters t-shirt today. Okay. So, selective hearing at work here, Angela Horn. What that such back, Cam? About 50 bucks, 60 bucks? <laughs> that t-shirt? Uh, I got it from my dad. Not sure, but probably something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was starting to point this out earlier. You were wearing a regular Masters polo shirt the other day. On Monday, yes. Yeah, Augusta yeah. National is awful proud of their stuff. Now you got the T-shirt, yeah. And they'll sell you that thing right out by the guard gate. You cannot roll up to the clubhouse. But they will sell you, if you're interested in some merch, you can get some there on that. Okay, <laughs> Angelo Horn, we're getting to you. Hang with us, okay? <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there. Uh, so, all right. Uh, and and I understand uh, the the texters asking about the uh, problems with the uh, technical thing. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to explain with that what happened with that uh, yesterday because uh, uh, efforts to remedy that particular issue will be underway tomorrow. As Jeff is finding this out for the first time for me, it will it will bring about cause for me to have to leave the program a little early tomorrow. So, I, uh, but I'll explain it all when we come back. This is Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. Light the tower on the horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. Cam Parker, producer, alongside as well. You know, all that talk about all the uh, golf courses. So here's here is a question for the Specs text line at 337-3776. 512-337-3776. 
favorite golf course you have played of all time. Has to be one you have played of all time. Not one to go to or like to or want to or whatever. Or a golf course you want to play. Yeah. Uh, a golf course that you have played, your favorite of all time, Cam Parker, is? Austin Country Club. Oh, okay. Good call. That? Okay. But I've I've have a very limited selection of courses I've played, unfortunately, so far. I mean, I've played a, a decent amount, but I have, and there's a lot more that I know that I would probably like Yeah, that I haven't played yet. Okay. St. Andrews is top of the list. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, for me, it would be the place where I got married last summer. Now, ironically, I didn't get to play any golf there last summer. I was busy getting married. Yeah. But the Dunes in Myrtle Beach, I've played it before. It's very, very, very nice. Uh, nice. That's a, And I do plan on playing it this year when they go back. Because the guy runs the place that he owes me around the golf. Since there you go. I had the wedding there, so I said I'm going to take you up on it when I come back there. There you go. Next month. How about you? Uh, mine would also be a seaside course, Palmia Beach in Port Aransas. Ooh, nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's there an, you. It's an Arnold Palmer course, and hey, any any course that Todd Dodge says is quality, then I've got to go with that. There you go. I remember we were talking to him when he played on that. Okay. Uh, already, the someone's coming in. Uh, yeah, Mandan Dunes and. Uh, does that say Sheep Ranch? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So there we go. Uh, Captain K-Man wanting to know the intro that you about uh, our return cut there. Song is Grass is Greener by St. Paul and the Broken Bones. There you go. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, somebody else pointed out Lajitas way out there, there along Man, the Rio Grande. I hear so many good things about that place. You know who can tell you chapter and verse about Lajitas? Our own Ty Harrington. Really? Yeah. He routinely just tops on a plane with somebody good and they go out there and they and Man. they play you know play 18 so yeah there's something that valor creek i've heard of down there by blanco tpc sawgrass nicely done bucky plays valor creek yeah that is valor creek is not the course where bucky i think owns either 17 or 18 had to go post up yeah, on a tree and drop yeah trail. yeah that's good he likes telling that story all right stoner if you've actually played pebble spanish bay and lakewood in dallas i salute you so well done well done. Colonial, that would also be near the top for me, too, because yeah. I have played it one time. Uh, all right, let's uh, – and, and again, so it's somebody's a butler pitch and putt. Why not? Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I grew up a mile from a par th- a full-fledged 18-hole par-3 golf course that was lit with bunkers and and ponds and all that. I mean, it was full-on a good eight Twin Oaks, it was called. And it was uh, really cool because par three courses in North Carolina, as you know, Cam, they abound. They're mm-hmm. in lots of places. Just yeah. real estate being what it is out here, there aren't many. They're they're just they're in. Maybe somebody can buy some land off four eighty seven and see. Maybe even towards the general yeah. side and class it up a little bit. Yeah, and have a have a have a real full on par three course. I hope this. Uh, Texture that said the UT Golf Club is hands down the best. I wonder if they stayed at one of their beautifully furnished casitas. One of the casitas, as Matt Brown would tell you, stay in one of the casitas. Uh, that's deal. that's good. I've enjoyed uh, that. How about Texarkana Country Club? It was in Austin. It cost a fortune. Look it up. Byron Nelson was the pro at one point. Someone else with Pebble Beach. Yeah, so good for you. All right. Uh, we'll get to more of those. Again, your favorite golf course that you have played. You've actually had the sticks out there and have played. There. I didn't say necessarily played well. You played. <laughs> okay. So there you are. All right. It's time now for the notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. First, we start with baseball. Uh, Longhorn baseball team uh, did bounce back with a win over Air Force yesterday, 7-1. It was a really uh, neat thing. And we've had several people already weigh in on the Specs text line about this. And uh, 
that included, uh, I think CB had mentioned as well. And a, f- a couple of other folks said, Hey, I hope that, uh, that, uh, the air force Academy will come back. They are coming back. There's a double midweek next year, like yeah. there was last year. So, and I know, um, many folks were, were really pleased, uh, to see that that happen, they said CB said Texas needs to make the game with Air Force a yearly game because it's awesome every time they play. They come in, and of course, the way they stand at attention and salute for the national anthem, uh, the Texas fans uh, again chanted USA, USA afterwards. Um, that was that was pretty cool uh, yesterday as well. Longhorns did win the game seven to one. They got three home runs. Uh, Peyton Powell hit a two run shot. Dylan Campbell a two run shot. And uh, Ryland Galvan had a, a solo homer in the game a, as well. And and they got a, a variety of decent pitching as well. Uh, it was a designated start uh, for Ace Whitehead, or as they know him, Boogie. Boogie. And um, he uh, he went four innings, and so he got the win in the designated start. Uh, but they had, they had a couple other guys, including Kobe Minchie, make his Longhorn debut thought about you because he does list Gerald as his hometown, even though he was homeschooled. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and he was a move in uh, later, but um, uh, he pitched a one, two, three inning on seven pitches. And that was his Longhorn and collegiate debut for the freshman. Nice and tidy. Yeah. And, um, and so they, they've got, it, it's good to see DJ Burt get back out there. He hadn't been out there a couple of weeks and uh, he pitched well. Uh, also, Chris Stewart continues to kind of rebound from when he had uh, some struggles uh, back a couple of weeks ago, but he pitched well Saturday and still watered and pitched uh, well again. So all of that uh, was a part of <laughs> a part of the partial postgame interview, and this is going to get to the texter's question earlier about something we get to uh, with Longhorns head coach David Pierce and our Ty Harrington uh, with the conversation. Coach, as always, first, congratulations on a win. How about this, the respect from this crowd tonight to stand there and chant USA for our Air Force Academy who came in here? I mean, that, that's unbelievable respect. Yeah, it's very touching. I mean, we got a taste of it in the regionals last year, and, you know, they're a special group, and, you know, they're they're close to our heart. You know, they, they, they do some things that none of us even – we'll have to consider and it's just a lot of respect from our fan base from our team uh to the air force academy and just really proud of our fan base to begin with just when you look at a four o'clock start on a tuesday and we had a great crowd great day for baseball and a great day for for the longhorns as well take us through the pitching you got a lot of guys out there ace whitehead gave you four and you got a lot of guys got in there tell me a little bit about moving from today moving forward with the staff yeah, I mean, we still have some pieces that we're looking at, and Chris Stewart is one of those pieces that we got to get him in the zone and, and pitching. Like his down and away is kind of the elevated fastball up, and, you know, he has to hone that in. But I like what we saw there. Heston Toll is Heston Toll. He's going to give you nothing but strikes with the slider and mixing the fastball. And then um, it was great to get Kobe Mincy in there. He's been working his tail off. And, you know, we don't put guys in there just to give them a chance. Uh, they earned that opportunity, and Kobe's been working hard. And then uh, Berkey hadn't pitched in a couple of weeks. So good for those guys to come in and pound the zone. I don't think we gave up a hit after the third inning. And and, and then the interview had continued on for a couple more questions, uh, but you couldn't hear it. 
at that point. Uh, there, there's a couple of reasons, but then it gets to uh, the texter's question uh, saying, I listened to your baseball broadcast yesterday, first through the Texas Sports Audio, later in the car on 1260. In both cases, the audio was very spotty. Uh, I can understand most of your words, and both you and Tyvel often sound like you're in a well. When you were talking about the designated pitcher term, talk about designated start, I cannot understand Ty at all. Sound like he was using your mic. I knew you'd want to know. Believe me, I know. Okay, <laughs> I know. Uh, there were there were a confluence of two things that happened yesterday on the broadcast, and it's unfortunate, uh, but I can give you some comfort. I can certainly take some comfort in knowing that the efforts are being made to make sure that those are remedied. One is an equipment issue uh, with uh, a lot of the equipment that we've used for a long time with baseball in the booth. It's not used for any other sport. It's only used there for home games at UFC or Dishfall Field. But it went through, it was almost like the, the, the audio board we were having yesterday was having a stroke because Jeez. three audio pots at various times completely went out Stopped working entirely. And then uh, there was another one that uh, went in and out. And so that was, yeah, trust me, from my, my end, that can be pretty, pretty frustrating. But there's another issue, and this is a larger issue, and it speaks to the texter's question. And this has nothing to do with our equipment. <clears throat> when he said, sound like you're talking in a well and some of the other stuff, that Max headroom sound for you old school to blah, you know, that little vibrato that you hear, um, that warbling, as we call, that's an internet issue. And it's not an internet issue with our equipment. Unfortunately, they're having some of those issues uh, at UFCU Dishfalk Field with the way the internet is wired at the ballpark. That's That's the best way for me to explain it. Now, Understand this, there have been many conversations since that stuff happened yesterday. And and there had been, for folks who listen pretty regularly, you could probably hear a little bit of it here and there, here and there. And I was told it got better uh, after like the third inning or something, and then it kind of smoothed out. And here's how I know. Like some of the highlight calls, the one on the Peyton Powell home run was just warbled all to heck. And uh, similarly with Dylan Campbell, but the one for Ryland Galvan was pretty clean. And a couple of really good defensive plays, it was pretty clean. So it did kind of, some of it kind of smooths out uh, for whatever reason. So anyway, rest assured, the university is working on some of those. And then tomorrow, uh, I'll be ducking out a little bit early to get over to the ballpark early. The aforementioned Patrick Davis, who sounds like Don Miller, but is not. <laughs> Patrick handles a lot of our equipment things, uh, the repairs and the adjustments, and and uh, he and I will be engaged in um, remedying the situation through a variety of means tomorrow with our technical equipment. We, so, yes, well aware of it, and and uh, if, if you think you were frustrated as a listener, try it from my side because <laughs> it, was, it was difficult. But uh, help is on the way, so hopefully we'll – We'll, uh, yeah, do that. So, so somebody named Ace has a nickname. Yeah, he does. Yeah, his teammates call him Boogie. Yeah, it, it starts starts with that. Uh, okay, uh, are we doing some football? Yeah, let's do yeah. some football. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll make time for it. Uh, get over to Horns twenty four seven. My colleague Chip Brown, his morning column is on the running back battle. 
just kind of how that thing has unfolded this spring. Uh, a lot of you know, we've heard a lot of really good things on Jaden Blue, C.J. Baxter's getting his feet wet. You know, all this while. Obviously, you're moving on from the Bijan Roshan era, and Jonathan Brooks has been dealing with the the recovery from that hernia surgery he had after the bowl game. Uh, Sark even talked up Savion Red. We'll hear from Sark in just a second, but it's interesting. Uh, you know, you've you've got a lot of guys that do that have different skill sets, unique skill sets, but all came to Texas as pretty highly touted players. So, how is that thing going to shake out? And when you start to determine your personnel groupings, which is something I asked Sark about yesterday, uh, you know. How many of these running backs are going to factor into it? How are you going to use them? So uh, this is Sark just talking about kind of a 30,000-foot view of the running back battle. I thought Jaden Blue had a, had a nice scrimmage, made some plays, especially kind of on the perimeter. He's a very explosive athlete. Um, I thought Savion Red, from a, from a position change standpoint, um, shows physicality that uh, is really encouraging. You know, Savion has obviously played receiver a year ago, and we know he's gifted as a receiver, but to really start running between the tackles, which is kind of what he did in high school, is kind of a wildcat quarterback. Um, that, that's that been encouraging. And I thought for said, Baxter was good for him. You know, it, his first couple plays were not plays that he's going to always, you know, say those were my best plays at Texas. He kind of struggled early on, but then settled in and, and made some plays as, as the scrimmage went on. So Friday when we get back out there again in the same similar format, it's going to be big for him to take that step of, okay, now I'm comfortable with what we're doing and, and then start to see more of him of what he's capable of doing. This is one of those interesting running back years, Craig, and we've seen plenty of these at Texas. This is what this reminds me of. You've, you've got kind of this group of, of veterans where you think you know what you've got, but you're not 100% sure, and you've got some really talented younger guys that are kind of waiting their turn. And – you know, we talked about the opportunities that Baxter and and uh, Savion Red and Jaden Blue have gotten with Keelan Robinson being limited this spring and with Brooks being out. But I think about like 2001 is a really good example of one of those years. Like you had Victor Ike and Ivan Williams and right. Brett Robin. And like those guys had their roles. Then you had the youngster coming in from Midland Lee. So it, 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 how how quickly was he going to be able to get up to speed? Uh, 2020 was a lot, especially for Bijan because because of COVID, he didn't have the normal transition to college football that a lot of freshmen get to go through. Uh, so you And, you know, it's it's weird. You look at that 2020 running back room, Craig, you have three guys that end up playing in the National Football League with Keontae Ingram, Roshan, and Bijan. And, again, two veterans that you pretty much knew what you had, but then how are you going to get Bijan involved? How many carries is he going to get? At what point is he going to be up and running? Uh, do, you, do, you, do you force feeding him the ball? Whatever. I think you've got some of that right now because I think you – you got an idea of what you got from Jonathan Brooks. I think you know what you've got with Keelan Robinson, but man, you really don't know what you got with Savion Red or, or CJ right. Baxter or even Jaden Blue because he didn't play a whole lot last year. So it's a really interesting mix. I, I think that's a position battle. We'll see where it stands during the spring game. That's one that's going to you, – you'll be hearing about this during fall camp. Sure. Those camp scrimmages, how it's going. I want to get to this cut real quick mm-hmm. on, the, on the tight ends. Uh, that's a position that I'm just fascinated by because of the drop-off after J.T. Sanders and what are you going to get out of Gunnar Helm? What are you going to get out of Juan Davis? Texas was a, a heavy 12 personnel offense in 2022. I think they'll probably be more 11 personnel, but you know, Sark has talked about it ad nauseum. The most important position in his offense, other than quarterback, is tight end. So what he's fond of saying, and uh, he's a little bit higher on the, uh, the rest of that tight end group than, than maybe I and, and some others are. 
Yeah, I, I, Gunner, I think Gunner, again, going into year three, played a pretty substantial amount last year for us in combination with JT. Um, I think Juan, um, the first, you know, kind of three weeks of spring, has played his best football, has shown the best version of Juan Davis that we've seen. So, um, again, we have the addition of Spencer Shannon coming in the fall. Um, so, again, you know, as, as you work through it, you just want to be versatile enough. If, if, if you have to play with two tight ends, we can do it. If we're going to play with one, we can do that. If we, can play with, if we have to play with none, we can do that. And so that's constantly what we're working towards so that everybody's comfortable in their role uh, in the organization. I didn't realize until looking at it, the pro football focus numbers, Craig, because Gunnar Helm played 260 snaps last year. Yeah. What? And, and by comparison, Casey Kane, a guy that you like probably assumed you saw more, mm-hmm. Casey Kane played 245. Yeah. So, again, that Texas was a heavy 12 personnel offense. I was going to say, did a lot of two tight ends, and, and yeah. there were times when he was out there for one reason, one reason only, and that was to block. Yeah, and, and 12 personnel really benefited Texas last year because with that two tight end look with the talent you had at running back, it would force defenses to get out of that too high safety look where you could get more of your shots down the field. Now when you don't quite have the proven, not quite, you don't have the proven commodities at running back that you had last year, and you kind of know what your tight end group is, do you maybe just to space some things out, maybe go space and pace on some defenses a little bit more, maybe put that third receiver on the field? And what it comes down to, Craig, is I think for Sark it's a simple question of, okay, what makes your offense more effective? Is it having Gunnar Helm out there, or is it A.D. Mitchell or Isaiah Nay or, who, or whoever that third receiver would be? Because remember he talked a, it all ties in together. Like we talked all last year, never found the third receiver, right? That's why you went to a lot of 12 personnel mm-hmm. or that 6 line package. Could be the opposite this year where you see more one tight end looks with the talent you've got a receiver, maybe some more true three receiver sets. All right, so there you go. Uh, before we get to the break, just a couple of uh, a couple of responses there. Uh, this, this is what happens sometimes when you try to be up front and tell people that then, then, then you wind up getting uh, responses like this about talking about the uh, – issues that happened technically yesterday. Craig, we're supposed to be an elite college program and we got internet issues at the dish and DKR's announcer during games sounds like I'm hearing a Whataburger drive through order repeated. Don't we got money to have elite equipment? That's the kind of entitled bullcrap response that some fans have, okay? Just because it, 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 the, the use of the word elite, it doesn't mean you don't have issues Technical things happen. For for example, the other uh, question, somebody, it's time to invest in dish ball. Football gets all the money. Basketball has the mood. It's time for an annual uh, Omaha sport to be recognized. Mike, uh, on the text line, Mike, they have invested in dish ball. Have you not seen the, uh, the new uh, player development area down there? It's incredible. Dish Falk is still, I would say, the second best ballpark in the Big 12 Conference. Somebody somebody brought this up on the flagship message board at Horns 24 7 the other day, Craig. They said, you know, we, we really need to invest in the dish. Our facilities have fallen behind. I'm like, no, they haven't. Was I? You ever been out to, to Dan Lawfield in Lubbock? Did I imagine that they just built that? You know, facility. Oh, it's just like somebody said a couple weeks ago on the text line. Said, oh, we need a new top-notch pitching lab. I'm like, they, they have one. They have made one of the <laughs> best in the country. It doesn't mean just because somebody, Mike, you mentioned Moody. They had issues at Moody this year. They had issues at Moody. DKR, as, as Stoner pointed out, uh, some of the press conferences, there was that internet warble thing. It has just happened over the past four or five weeks where it was intermittent. Yesterday was the most acute example of it. And people are working on it. Top men.
as they say in uh, the Indiana Jones movie. I mean, so just yeah. relax. It's various arenas and stadiums. It's this deal, but we're supposed to be elite. Why isn't this ready? Why isn't this working? Just chill, okay? It happens. <laughs> Y'all got Craig half hot. No, no. It's just it's it's funny. It's just like in uh, Breakfast Club. It's an imperfect world. Screws fall out. <laughs> Things happen. But I mean, there, there's been arenas uh, and stadiums where I've had issues. I had internet issues at uh, T-Mobile Center two weeks ago. Yeah, and that's as good of a basketball venue in the country as you'll find. Yeah, when you have a big facility that holds lots of people. Electronics and connectivity issues happen. It doesn't mean the the whole thing is going to hell in a handbasket <laughs> or that it's falling apart. Just relax. We'll get it all together, and they will get it all together over there at UT as well. the The equipment thing, we're definitely uh, proactively going over there tomorrow to uh, remedy the situation for our end to make sure that that doesn't happen. So that's that's the deal. Try to be upfront with you. Tell you what's going on. Then you get that we're elite. You know, stop it. Okay. Uh, Inconceivable's up next. Now, here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, it might might be inconceivable to some folks who listen to the program uh, to hear me uh, respond. To some of the texts that we had. Someone said, Y'all gonna make Craig lose his mind. Uh, Angela Ward said, Craig's a little on edge today because I'd responded earlier about when he was like, You haven't talked about sports. And then somebody else, We're an elite program. So then when I respond, I'm the one on edge. Okay. All right. I get it. It's, it's part of it. So um, anyway, and to the photographers who can't the flagship station Longhorns get a stronger transmitter, you're being covered up by Tejano Music at Mopac in Far West. It depends on where it is, but there's FCC regulations. It's not a matter of just we write a check and get a stronger transmitter. You're limited by what the Federal Communications Commission is. Is that? Uh, Cooter says to those griping about the broadcast issues, go support the team in person. Go to the dish. Toward that end, <laughs> photographer says, you're the elite station. There we go. Um, police chief can too. Our friend said, I've never been to a Texas baseball game wanting to take my nine and 10 year old boys. Where do you recommend I park? Obviously the East campus garage. That's the one right beside the ballpark is best. Get there early. Get there early though, especially, uh, for the cash parking ones. Mm-hmm. If you wind up on the short end of that, there are really, you're really kind of rolling the dice at it. But down the street and on one of the side streets over there, sometimes there's but you know you park like, for free. Uh, if you park like off of Cole Mouse Street, like yeah. by the cemetery, like yeah. even those those spots fill up. Yeah, that's why I say quick. it's yeah. about getting there early if, you, if, if you're going to do that. Uh, <laughs> so people are like, hey, is, is Craig's uptight? No, no, no. I'm, I'm quite. Craig's right. fine. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, so, anyway, Stoner says, nothing is ever supposed to go wrong, ever. Never supposed to lose a game in any sport. Never supposed to have a technical problem. So that's the deal. I think some people are envisioning Craig like uh, uh, Walter. I, I made like two or three Big Lebowski references like Walter. was like, man, would you just calm down? It's like, calmer than you are. <laughs> and, uh, when I made the mark, when somebody, when I said, I still think it's the second best ballpark in the Big 12, someone said, who's best? Stillwater? Yes. If you've been over eight, you'll O-Brate. see it's it's amazing. So, but it's brand new. I mean, it just just opened pretty recently. So, where's Baylor still ranked? Because there was a time where that facility it was, was really near the top. It's still 
in the upper half. It's, right. it's yeah, it, it is. It's just solid now at this point. It's yeah. solid, yeah, in the upper half. And West Virginia's, which was a shared minor league ballpark, it has some weird quirks to it. But so, it's, so Baylor it's ballpark would be one of those. You you have no real complaints, but nothing really outstanding either because nothing really has been done that wows of late it's like the target of ballparks just uh, it's there and it's solid you know that kind of thing uh okay let's uh let's go to inconceivable cam has the answer to the question we were posing yesterday with the champions dinner Mm -hmm. and scotty scheffler remember we remember the uh the the appetizer what was it Cam, a Scotty style, the sliders, sliders mm-hmm. and firecracker okay. shrimp, and every and in the firecracker shrimp. Now people heard what was on the firecracker shrimp, uh, the sriracha or the chili sauce, yeah, right? sweet Thai chili sauce, yeah. and then sriracha mayo. Yeah, so there was those. But the question that kept coming up was, what is is what are sliders Scotty style? But so, you have the answer. Yeah. So, of course, last night the champions there, and there's two things that came out of that. First thing is the sliders. The second one is the live PGA Tour discussion that yeah, I would right. love to get into. But it looks like the Scotty style. So you got mustard on the bun, mm-hmm. American cheese, mm-hmm. lettuce, diced mm-hmm. tomato, and pickles topped with French fries. Yeah, there it is oh, right there. Why'd you have to go and ruin it with putting fries on it? No, it, looks, it, 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 it really does look good. Look at look looking no, at the Oh man. Look at that slider. Come on, Jeff. Look at that um, slider. I will have an unpopular take, man. Like, yeah, because look at it. Like the Primani Brothers sandwich that's in that style. Yeah. It's the most overrated mm. sandwich in the food industry. I didn't know we were rating the Primani Brothers sandwiches, but I do like them. <laughs> I I love other stuff at Primani Brothers, just not that <clears throat> style sandwich. Okay. All right. But that doesn't make it overrated just because you don't like it. Yeah, it does, because other people will rate it and say, oh, it's the greatest thing ever, and I don't believe that it is. Okay. So in your rating system, it isn't. Yeah. Okay. Which in your rating would, system, it would be overrated. Which for me is the one that matters. I, 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 I understand go. that. Uh-huh. I understand that. Yeah. I just want to make sure we delineate your rating system from others on that, right? Sure. <laughs> However you want to couch that, Craig. Okay. It doesn't right. change the fact that Permani Brothers, that sandwich, <laughs> not that great. Okay. Um Remember we had the deal about how Drake was like glomming on to winning teams. It was his big thing. <laughs> Just bandwagon, yeah. 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 Uh, turns out he did more than bandwagon on UConn. He placed $350,000 in bets mm. on man. the Huskies. So his total payout is going to exceed $1.3 million. What Floyd Mayweather? What did, what did Floyd Mayweather put on the game? I have not seen that. Because you know if there's something to bet on, Floyd Mayweather's betting on it. You know, wouldn't you like to be in a casino with Floyd Mayweather and Mattress Mac? Just, it's, you know, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to bet on Houston. And, well, Houston didn't even have a team. I'm still betting on Houston. You know, it's anything Houston, Mattress Mac is going to – Jim McIndale, he's going to bet on that. Uh, and he's done pretty well with it. He didn't do so well with the Cougars, but he did well with the Astros. What, he went like $75 million, I think? Have you heard the total? story about how Mattress Mac angered the people at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo for years? There was a year, a year where he bet on like all the grand champion animals. Like, oh, Mattress Mac, tell us about the grand champion pig. Well, I think this pig is nice and sturdy, just like the nice and sturdy furniture. You'll find a gallery furniture. Ah. And I-45, and like, basically, he turned every, I'm gonna every, save you money. every win into a commercial for gallery <laughs> furniture. <laughs> okay. All right. That's how you build the empire, There's I more suppose. of that story, but that's, that's part of the gist of it. Okay. Um, I, I, something else to tell you about here. 
Um, you ever get on an airplane and someone's sitting in your seat? No, because I fly Southwest, so I've never, I don't really usually incur that problem. Okay, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. So, so you've never really had a situation, travel or otherwise, where somebody was sitting in your assigned seat or something. Nobody's sitting in your press box seat, anything like that. Uh, the, you know, the press box seat does happen from time to time, but it's usually at uh, at baseball. And I just find somewhere else to sit. It's not that big a deal. Okay. Like Omaha, too. Omaha is one of those deals yeah. that you just, you just sit wherever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The only okay. time that happened to me was at uh, state championships. Yeah. Where I was sitting. I was just sitting next to Matt Stepp and a couple other people. Mm-hmm. And this guy demanded that I move because that was his assigned seat. And I'm like, uh-huh. all right, so I'm going to move two spots over so you can have your seat with your name on it. Because he wants the one with the tag right there. Yeah. Well, a man is drawing praise, praise online for insisting that a train passenger move from the seat he purchased ahead of time. So um, what happened was, and this happened on of all days, April Fool's Day, naturally. um, This gentleman, this is actually his name, Boris Becker. (laughs) <laughs> not that Boris Becker. Not the tennis. Isn't that Boris Hall Becker in prison still? Is he? In, I'll look that up. Yeah, you Google do that. Machine. Well, this Boris Becker shared a video of himself on a crowded train. And he's a TikToker. And he approached a woman in an aisle seat and informed her that she was sitting in the seat he paid for. He said, my place is 103. He told the woman, referring oh, to the scene. By the way, Boris Becker got, was released from prison in December, so oh, okay. good for him. So he's on the streets again. Okay, good. Well, the woman who was sitting in his seat kind of awkwardly started to laugh, and she started pointing at other empty seats around her, and he said, it's going to be difficult. My place is 103, and I need my place. I'm so sorry. So she said she understands. She got up to collect her belongings as she gathered her suitcase, another female passenger went and sat in the seat. And she then started to chide the TikToker uh, for asking the woman to move, but he maintained he intended to sit in the seat that he purchased. I purchased this one. So uh, TikTok has received more than 7 million views about this. About this seat kerfuffle. And the vast majority of the comments agreed that he was entitled to the seat, that he handled appropriately. He didn't get belligerent. He didn't get angry. He just said, you're in my seat. I know this is going to be a problem for you, but you're going to need to get up. I bought that seat. Even though there were plenty of other seats around, point was, I specifically purchased that seat. And, and a lot of times that's because you have to pay extra to get that specific seat. Was it a window seat? Didn't say if it was. But he said, you're going to have to move from the seat. I'm sorry. About this is that. a window seat I paid for. And yeah, you're moving. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Uh, Stoner asked, was it tax fraud for Boris Becker? Uh, I've got it right here. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, convicted for illicitly transferring large amounts of money and hiding assets after declaring bankruptcy. That sounds like tax fraud. Yeah. yeah. Or a version. Oh, he had already been convicted of tax evasion back okay. in 2002. And that's just added to it. Yeah. All right. Second hour, Life Tower coming up on the horn.